Welcome back to the Two Marks and Spark Wrestling Podcast brought to you by ExpressVPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash spark and figure out how to save on your first three months when you sign up for the 12-month package. Well, guys, I promised you a special episode today. I promised you. And boy, howdy, do we ever have a good one. Coming to us from across the pond, one of my favorite YouTubers right now. I reached out to this guy months ago and never expected anything back. We got him. Ladies and gentlemen, the leader of the Shove It Squad, Marky D123. How's it going, buddy? Hello, mate. How you doing? You all good today, Ben? Oh, yeah. Now, for those of you that haven't watched Marky D's content, which I'm sure is few and far between, um, basically what Marky's channel is based around is the silliness that was TNA. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess it still is. <laughs> it's Impact now? Yeah. So, now, okay, I'm going to ask you this just because I'm curious. How much current wrestling have you seen recently? I'm going to guess close to zero. <laughs> yeah, close to zero, yeah. Um, not a fan of current wrestling, to be perfectly honest. Oh, that's it, it, understandable. It, it, I don't feel like there's anything catering to what I want. Um, it's all the same. Every single company is putting out basically the same thing in my opinion and on some level i think a lot of people feel that way and i think that's why a lot of people have tuned out like i feel like a lot of people feel like everything is the same now i mean the nwa is trying to be different and they're certainly different i'm not sure if it's for the better um and man was i wrong about them remember you messaged me a couple months ago and you're like hey should we give the nwa a chance i said yes and then uh Ugh, yikes. I I might have something come in in regards to that. Um, I'm, I'm still in contact with Nick Aldis, and we're trying to work something out. But it sounds like NWA management have got their own idea of, of, of who they want to view their products. Yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I want to preface it by saying that, that, that there is nothing wrong with targeting a certain audience. I just don't know who they're after here. Well, they can have the greatest product in the world, but if no one knows it's out there, what's yeah. the point? Yeah, and and that's kind of the thing is like, I it kind of feels like WWE in like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, right now, just because like their TV is so weird, but their pay per views are really good most of the time. Yeah, and remember oh seven oh eight WWE. That's a lot of what it was. Is their television was. Not something to behold, but their pay-per-views were generally pretty good. And that's kind of the way the NWA feels. Yeah, it's just, I, I just wish they'd stop crossing over with All Elite Wrestling. If it's they not have on to. Impact, if, it's, if it's not on Impact, it has to be on NWA. I know, they have, I know they've kind of screwed, aren't they? But it seems like wherever I go to watch my wrestling, I have to watch AEW turn up. And if you don't like AEW, you're a bit well, in trouble, aren't you? I'm I'm a big fan of AEW. I'm a big fan of what they're doing. Um and and the reason for that is is they're not doing what WWE is doing, which is pushing old guys and making sure that you know that Roman Reigns is a god, which yes, Roman's current angle is a lot better than or Roman's current gimmick is a lot better than it was, and it's made SmackDown at least watchable. Raw is unwatchable garbage. I used to do raw reviews for this show. I can't do it anymore. 
<laughs> it's not that bad, is it? I can watch NXT. I'll watch NXT tonight. We're recording this on Tuesday. This is going up on Wednesday. I can watch NXT. I can. I love AEW. I can watch SmackDown. But Raw? I can't do it, dude. I, I can't do it. So, Marky, let's get back on why you're here. Let's talk about your kind of rise here because it really happened out of nowhere. I found you when you were probably at 1,000 subscribers, if that. I'm a long-time member of the Shove It Squad then, Ben. And you I either just started your Monday Night War series or you were thinking about it for TNA versus WWE, which wasn't a real war, and you say that. <laughs> I don't know how many times you said that, but you said it a lot. You're like, this isn't a war. <laughs> it was for like for like one episode i think for the very first episode it, it might have been something but yeah when no, when one show had bret hart and the other had hulk hogan yeah yeah maybe it's a war and you know i've been listening a lot to um talking about tna back in the day and i we're gonna talk a lot about old tna here just because both me and marky were big fans of it yeah um people have been talking a lot about what would have happened if Heyman had come in and I don't know that it would have been any different. And Eric Bischoff touched on this on 83 Weeks. Uh, he said that the way things were handled there, he doesn't think things would have been any different because he doesn't think Paul would have had enough control to make things different. Yeah, and he, and he wanted full control of every single aspect. No, just creative. Been... It was just creative. No, no, apparently um, it's rumored that he wanted more than that. He want, He actually wanted a share of the company as well. Um, I heard Bischoff say that. Well, yeah, he he probably did, and that's insane. It's never going to happen. But we can dream. We, I'm sure, a lot of people got excited at the time. Well, Heyman would have been a hell of a lot better than what we got. Am I wrong? Mm. Yeah, I I was on board with it at the time. I remember because what Heyman wanted to do, and he said this on an interview. I believe it was with Ariel Hawani or somebody like that. I don't know. I think he was promoting one of Brock's UFC fights, so it had to be Ariel Helwani. Um, He said that it was close and that he wanted to bring in young guys who at the time we'd never heard of. A lot of them are in NXT now, by the way, <laughs> or WWE proper. Um, Because Drew McIntyre's contract at the time was getting ready to expire, and Paul had already talked to him, and Drew was going to make the jump. Can you imagine Drew McIntyre in 2009 jumping to TNA? He would have got lost in the shuffle, that's for sure. Well, no, but think about who he would have been in there with and how big Drew was even then. He's bigger now, but... It's it's hard to say. I mean, obviously he was coming from WWE, so that would have given him a push on its own, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, um, but I don't think Joe would have ever left Impact had Heyman come in. I really don't. And I've said yeah. that multiple times. I don't think Joe ever leaves. No, I think you're right. I don't think Joe ever leaves. I thought he was going back to Impact when WWE released him. Now he's back on NXT TV. So. And I guess I, he's not going to wrestle again? Maybe he I'm is? Not, I'm not too upset about it. I mean, the, 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 the ship sailed back in 2009 with Samurjo. It, it, it was all town here, wasn't it? Um, they, they booked you, him into a mess yeah i i think he needed to leave tna to recover well because here's the thing they didn't know what to do with them that was plainly evident they didn't know what they were doing they have 
no real vision for this guy who, if you can't figure out what to do with Samoa Joe, I can't help you. Like, it's pretty obvious. It's not hard. You don't have to be a brain surgeon to figure out what to do with Samoa Joe. This guy's a wrecking machine. They called this guy the Samoan submission machine, and I think you said this a couple of times. How many matches did he win by submission when he had that gimmick? <laughs> Two? Not many. <laughs> Two? Maybe three? <laughs> I, and I wanted to ask you about this. So I was watching TNA at the time. You were watching probably more than I was. I think you're a couple of years older than me. And what I noticed was every time Joe was on TV, like in front of a crowd and in the ring, the impact zone was interested. And it felt yeah. like whenever Joe wasn't in the ring and it was like, I don't know, freaking Velvet Sky and Madison Rain or whoever. Very random, I know, but the impact zone didn't give a shit. <laughs> have, you, have you ever seen Joe live? Um... No, I was supposed to. So, funny story. I went to a Raw in Minneapolis in 2019. The one where Seth and Braun won the tag titles. And Joe was announced for the show, but ended up having, I think, a concussion that he suffered on a house show like two days earlier. Or something like that. And he was supposed to, I think, because this was right in the middle of Ricochet actually getting pushed. This was when Heyman was running Raw. And the show was actually watchable. Yeah. Because well, because Raw goes in cycles. Yeah. It always has. Yeah. Well, trust me, I've seen I've seen the dude three times live and appreciate ninety percent of the crowd were absolutely smashed. But Jesus <laughs> Christ, mate, the, the reaction that, that Samojo was getting in all parts of the UK, I've seen him in like three different arenas. And every everywhere he went, he was Probably in the top three sort of reactions of the night. Well, and he, I mean, he sold tickets for that thing, I tell you. Well, him and, and AJ were the two most over guys in the company forever. Yeah. And James Storm was right there, too. Talk about wasted oh. potential. James Storm. Beer money in the UK, man. Like, it, if, if anything, it was more popular over here than it was in the US. Like, the, w one night when I was watching... The crowd would not shut up for the entire show until they came on, and then after they left, they were, the crowd were literally chanting "beer money" out into the street, like thousands of people. <laughs> I've never seen anything quite like it. Wait, what? So you're telling me that beer money was on this show, right? Yeah. And then beer money, you know, did their match probably against Magnus and Rob Terry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we can talk about Rob Terry in a minute. Oh, do we have to? I'd, I'd rather not. Just to make it clear, you're never getting Rob Terry on your show. <laughs> it's just never going to happen. You have buried this man. I, d I don't think he'd have anything interesting to say. He's, uh, he's, he's not exactly Mr. Personality, is he? No, he's got about as much charisma as a wooden board. He, you know... What's funny about Rob Terry is I never thought he was horrible in the ring. He wasn't good, but I never thought he was horrible. Well, it... my whole point was, yeah, he wasn't horrible, but when you stretch out over seven years, whatever the hell, somehow he managed to last that long in TNA. How? Regularly appearing. And he never had a good match. He never had a good storyline. He never improved. So 
Doug so Williams that, that... and Nick Aldis carried that faction for ever. Yeah. And, and people say to me, oh no, Orlando Jordan's the worst or, or, or Jesse Neal or someone like that. But they, they, they lasted about, you know, less than a year, both of them. So I can't say that they're worse than Rob Terry because I didn't have to put up with them for as long. You had to put up with Joey Ryan for a long time. Oh, I, I, I kind of faced. I wasn't really a, a massive fan of TNA by the time he was there, so it didn't matter. Uh, what's I was still watching. What's care. funny is like we talk about TNA now, and you know, I think we both probably enjoyed it more at the time than we do now. <laughs> yeah, going back and looking at it, like, ooh. I I can't remember when it was, but I watched a episode from like 2008 or 2009 of Impact not too long ago, and I was like, "This was a lot better when I watched it for the first time than me watching it now." And yeah. it, and like Samoa Joe was there and obviously doing nothing because creative didn't know what they were doing. Who was writing this show, by the way, from like right before Bischoff got there? who apparently Bischoff had less control than we thought he did or wanted less control. <laughs> I, I have no idea. It, it was just a mess, wasn't it? it? It sounded like different people, too many cooks in the kitchen, as they say, a bit, a bit like WCW. According to Cornette, it was Dutch Mantel and him, which I don't believe because Cornette's proven to be about as trustworthy as a criminal, as a federal liar. Um, so, like, Dutch Mantel is really good with wrestling. And remember, before Vince Russo came back, and what was that, 2009? Yeah. End of 2009. Because for a while, Russo left, remember? Because Russo got fired or did whatever he did. Yeah. Because Dixie didn't like him. Yeah. And then Dixie changed her mind. They bring in Cornette, Mantel, um... Jeff Jarrett, I think, was writing at the time, and, like, one other guy. And the story goes that Dutch Mantell and Jim Cornette got fired because of the Jeff Karen Jarrett thing, which is... I don't believe that. Cornette probably said something dumb and got fired. And Cornette, yeah. and, Cornette and TNA wasn't memorable anyway. Let's not act like... Well, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. It, it, I I can barely remember him being there. He, he what was he? He was with in that office with Matt Morgan arguing with Christian mostly. What else did he really do? I barely remember him. Apparently, he was on the creative team and he was a producer. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Which I mean, okay, and we'll get talk about Matt Morgan in a minute. As much as I'd rather never talk about Matt Morgan again. Talk about wasted potential. Um, but like. TNA floundered so many opportunities. Like, when they got Christian, that really should have been the beginning right there of their rise because Christian did so much for them. And they had Christian and Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe and AJ Styles all at the same time. Can you imagine if a company got that now? Yeah. They had the perfect blend of up-and-coming youth and legends, in my opinion. And Christian, at the time, wasn't even an established main eventer when they got him. He was a mid-card guy. No, they made him into a main eventer, didn't they? They treated him how he should. And 
Christian is incredible, and he's been doing great things on AEW. And you can tell he's happier there than he was in WWE. You know why? Because nobody's writing his promos. Christian is better off when you pull the cord off him and just let him go and just let him do his thing because he's really good at it. I don't know. Do you think, um, what do you think of, I don't know if you've heard this, but they just split Kazarian and Daniels up on AEW. Yeah, but Daniels is several years older than Kazarian. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Like 10 or 12 years older. And basically, because they had a retirement match. It was basically them and the Young Bucks. Say what you will about them. And I say a lot on this show. You can bash the Young Bucks all you want. I like AEW, but those two I won't defend ever. Um, And I still think Cody and Impact was probably better than he is in AEW. Um, which is funny to think about because he wasn't that good in Impact. He was kind of annoying, actually. His wife was annoying. I remember that. <laughs> His wife's gotten better on the mic. Yeah. What was she, Mini Moose? In... Oh, that was so cringy. <sighs> Talk about somebody that should have left Impact. Moose. That <laughs> That guy should have been... Okay, I thought he was going to be the one to beat Kenny. I thought they were going to have him beat Kenny, and I don't know if you saw it, but they were... Yeah, exactly the reason I don't watch it, because <laughs> of shit like that. Um, yeah, sh- Moose, you're absolutely right. Moose, Moose should be the, the star of the show. No, I think they're past him being able to be, because he's 38 now, and they missed it with him. They missed the ball on him. Yeah. But that's not to say you can't give him a run here at the end, you know... They're gonna have Sammy Callahan beat the one be the one to beat Kenny Omega at Slammiversary. I firmly believe that. This whole year of Kenny thing is coming to a close. We're halfway through twenty twenty one and Kenny's gonna start dropping those belts. What I wanna know is why haven't they done Ace Austin and Kenny Omega yet? Because that is a match made in heaven. Cause Ace Austin is one of the few good things left on impact, and they know it. Don Callis said that. How many guys do they even have signed to an... Ex- do they have exclusive contracts still or not? Uh, Ace Austin is under an exclusive contract. Moose, I believe, is. Callahan is. Right. Um, A lot of the TNA originals are, like, the ones that are still there. Like, I think Gail Kim is still with the company. She's not doing anything, but she's still there. I didn't know that. Um, Madison Rain is off television pretty much entirely. She left the company. Yeah. Which is funny because her husband is still there. Ah, uh, got to pay the bills, haven't you? <laughs> How do you feel about Josh Matthews? Because I've talked to a lot of people that watched Impact and have watched Impact. How do you feel about Josh Matthews? Because I don't hate him. He's 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 fine. He's not Mike uh, Tanay. Too. You've got to know with Josh Matthews when you're featuring him too much because too much of him is change the channel heat. But yeah, when he's just doing commentary and not being overbearing, I, I'm fine with him. But I still miss Mike Tanay. I think we'll all miss Mike Tanay until Impact dies. And th- that's what's funny to me is AEW hasn't called Mike Tanay yet. How? Well, the, the reason part for years the internet was saying in 
TNA need to get rid of Mike Tanay. Um, they were saying that he's getting old. He's not bringing the energy like he used to. Um, so everyone was actually asking for Mike Tanay to go. Um, I wasn't. A lot of people were, though. Trust me, dude. Um, it, it, it was strongly believed that he didn't have the energy to carry the, the commentary team anymore. And, that, and I, I believe that's why people weren't that bothered at the time about him going. But yeah, I miss him now, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't be mad if they made JR retire and put Tanay in his spot. I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, JR sounds a bit tired on commentary, doesn't he? JR, uh, and I go back and forth with him because he is a legend in this business, right? Like, there's no denying what JR has done. I go back and forth on him. Well, he's probably making more money on those podcasts than he is from AEW nowadays. Yeah, and that's the thing. Now, I get, do I get why he wants to be on AEW? Yeah, I do. And there's a lot of people that do, and Andrade just showed up there, and Charlotte's trying to get out of WWE, apparently. Like, there was a selfie of her in an AEW hat, like, not that long ago. I don't know if you saw that. Like, she's trying to leave. No, I didn't see that. I, I, I to be honest, never watched a single match first. <sighs> You're, if you've seen one, you've seen them all. That's all I'm gonna tell you. You've seen every single match of hers if you've seen one of them. But let's People get back. Let, let's yeah, get sorry. Let's get back to your YouTube channel here. Let's talk about your Monday Night War series because that's when I found you, like very beginning of it, like episode one. Okay. What made you want to do Monday Night War TNA versus WWE? What made you want to watch this? Like, I I was watching this and laughing the whole time because I'm like, this poor sap <laughs> is really putting himself through this. My favorite episode was probably the one where you got extremely intoxicated. <laughs> because both shows were just so horribly bad. Um, I've always kind of taken a pleasure in watching other people suffer. <laughs> so uh, I was inspired by i don't know if you've watched like i like watch a lot of video game reviews when i was younger um yeah. like the angry video game nerd he'd play all these horrible games that nobody would want to ever play and then he records himself suffering while he plays them and um i kind of realized that all the big wrestling youtube channels they aren't talking about tna at all and if they do it's 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 not a knowledgeable list it's just something off wikipedia and um, I thought, well, I know I know more about TNA than these guys. Um, and I thought, well, it's a period in time which really hasn't been covered that much. At the time, it hadn't. Um, and I just kind of had this vision. And I'd, I'd always wanted to make a YouTube channel. I did, I did game reviews to begin with myself. Um, and then I took a few years off. And then I just somehow came back to it. I don't, I don't know why. But, um, there we go. Well, you've... You've eclipsed this following, and the Monday Night War series is, in my opinion, where you really started to almost come into your own, because that you, you can even go back and watch those now. A lot of those fill the same format that you have now, watching the old NWA TNA. The Rinka King series that was incredible, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I really liked both your interview with Nick Aldis and your interview with Jimmy Rave. And... The funny thing to me was just see, because I'd never heard of Rinka King before you started covering it. Like, you had introduced me to this whole new boom thing, and I'm like, 
What the hell is this? What the hell is he doing? Rinka King? What is a Rinka King? So I watched the video and I'm like, this man is a genius. I understand. Well, it, it wasn't hard. It was it was an entertaining wrestling show. It just, <laughs> just wasn't good. It was entertaining, but it wasn't good. Well, hell yeah, I, I I'd enjoy doing my weekly review of that all, all half, and I did it. It it was it was fun. I wish I was genuinely sad when that thing came to an end um, because I was getting so much happiness out of it. Well, let's be honest, at the time, you were covering, like, some of the worst episodes of Impact, like, ever. Uh, <laughs> like, six minutes and 43 seconds of wrestling, which you actually debunked. It was more like eight. Yeah. But, it's so crazy to me, and you've touched on this a million times. TNA really blew it in 2008-2009. And... They had this opportunity to really take over, and they didn't. And it kind of and and I think TNA's window closed when Christian decided to go back to WWE. I think that was kind of the beginning of the window closing for them, and it opened yeah. a little bit when they got Hogan, and then we all know what happened there. Yeah, well, that's the thing. People shit on Hogan going to TNA, but it's, it did have benefits. Every, TNA's rating did not shift for three years. It was always a 1.0 or a 1.1, no matter what they did, no matter who they brought on the show. And what changed that was the Hulkster coming in. And love him or hate him, people tuned in to see him. And a lot of what went wrong with him on television wasn't all his fault. Like, there were backstage forces shifting him left and right, and everybody knows it. But, you know... Bischoff has said a million times he wish he hadn't gone to TNA. I don't know if you've heard him say that. He really yeah. doesn't like the work he did in TNA. And oh, we I don't like the work he did in TNA. <laughs> Nobody likes the work he did in TNA. When he came in, when they did that whole immortal angle or whatever it was, the faction where they turned heel, I don't remember the name of it, doesn't really matter. And the fortune and immortal thing and turning Jeff Hardy heel, which is one of the five dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. I, I don't know. How how do you turn a guy like a Jeff Hardy heel? That's what I want to know. Well, I thought he did, he did it okay. Um, All things quite, considered, he did fine. Yeah. He was but, still getting cheered. He couldn't get heat, but... Well, they, they thought it would be Hulk Hogan and WCW to, with the NWA, didn't they? They thought, we're going to turn this guy heel who's not really been a heel too much in his career, and it's going to generate a buzz, but it didn't really work out like that. Well, and then the whole, you know, sting match in the middle of all that. And <laughs> for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, just go Google Jeff Hardy versus Sting at Victory Road 2011. You'll see what I mean. Yeah, there's about a million videos on it by now. So. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised you haven't covered it. Just I have. Did you cover it? Oh, yeah, you covered Victory Road. I think I did anyway. Did I? I don't know. I did Victory Road 2009. I don't know if I did 2011. Now I'm doubting myself. Um, Who knows? Who cares? I, I've, but I've definitely talked about it at some point. It is one of the worst pay-per-views of all time, by the way. Just before that, even. It was a bad show. Yeah. But... And here's the thing, TNA had this tendency to underwhelm 
or over promise under deliver tna was really good at that <laughs> which is uh, every ap- week apropos uh, some, some amazing signing is, is coming some some massive news is coming on tna this week yeah <laughs> and it would be like i don't know tia ortiz or, or uh, matt morgan yeah or sting returning for the 50th time hey hey you remember when they brought in matt morgan and like yeah. how the genuine excitement around that why there was genuine excitement around matt morgan i'll never know if you've seen one matt morgan match you've seen every matt morgan match um this guy was so limited and I'm not shitting on Matt Morgan as a person. Did you know he's like a mayor in Florida now? Yeah, he's a smart guy. He, he's not dumb, which really makes me wonder why WWE gave him the stuttering gimmick. Well, he was young, wasn't he? He was real young. Probably, you know, young and stupid at some point in his life, but he's, 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 he's matured now. Well, he's got- apparently that whole stuttering thing was Vince's idea, which I'm, I, I believe that. I don't know, man. Mar- Matt Morgan confuses me because, like, this guy had all the intangibles, right? And I'm wondering if WWE just messed him up mentally and made him think he sucks. And then he went to TNA and couldn't break the mental cycle. I- I'm wondering if that's what it was because WWE goofed on him. Because remember, everybody thought he was like Brock Lesnar 2.0. It- it- Ooh, he's not that. I, I, I've not really got an opinion on the guy. I mean, I made, I, I made that YouTube video on him, uh, on his WWE run. I will say this: I, I still laughed like a, laughed like a crazy person when he did the stuff. Yeah, forgot, it's still hilarious to this day. I don't think it's meant to be that hilarious, or, or it might be. It, but... Well, it's such a bad fake stutter that, it, yeah. like, real stutters aren't funny. But when they're that bad and they're that fake, now that's hilarious. It was his face he was pulling while he was trying to do it. Yeah. He was getting, getting so angry and it was like he was choking at the same time. And he's a giant and we're supposed to take him seriously. Like, we're supposed to take this guy seriously. Yeah. He's not some clown show. Well, he ended up becoming a clown show, but that's not the point. So, of the series you've done, the whole Shove It Squad, or the whole, um, what's it called? The Shove It, or the Ring of the Hawk, I'm sorry. I don't know. I had a brain fart there, buddy. I'm sorry. I, I, I love Ring of the Hawk. I think it is incredible. You are going to keep this going, right? Like, as long as you can? Yeah. Um, the, it's, it's, I've always liked to kind of mix up my content. Um, that makes sense. I, think I, I agree. Too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Right. Um, but the, the, where I am in my life at the moment, these the Ring of the Hawk videos are convenient for me to make. Um, they, they take a long time, but they don't take as long as... That Jeff Jarrett video I made, for example, that took forever. The, the real reign uh, of terror. Yeah, because when you have to pick through eight years of a wrestler's career, finding all the individual clips, that takes so long. 
Whereas if I'm watching a category, um, a categorized list of everyone's matches, it's a lot easier because I know where they are in the first place. But there's nothing on the internet to say, on this day, Jeff Jarrett, um, I don't know, Jeff Jarrett kicks Samoa in the nuts. Like there's, you can't just look that shit up. You have to, you have to watch lots of footage and find the thing that you're looking for. It, it's it's tiring, you know. The you have to sift through a lot of crap. Oh, for sure. Although, on the plus side, you find other things that you weren't looking for, which can be pretty funny. Uh, I'll never forget, because when you started covering older TNA, like the Jeff Jarrett Reign of Terror, and then you started going back and rewatching the old NWA TNA, which you're still doing right now, I forgot how goofy TNA used to be. How out there they are. Like, the Elvis impersonators and the... Uh, what was the name of the group of the guys that were, like, dressed in white? Not the Elvis impersonators, the other guys. Um, what do you mean, the penises? Yes. The Johnsons. Yes, the Johnsons. How did I forget their name? The thing is, it's, the thing is I, I was a bit like that. For the first five episodes, it is a bit like that. And, and it's really changed now. It's it's a lot of good X division matches with the occasional small thing, which is silly thrown in. Well, it's really different, but that is about to change because I've just got to the bit where Vince Russo uh, comes into the TV show. So it's going to, the whole SEX action, uh, the factions going to start and it's going to all change now. And it's going to be bad. Keep in mind, people, they charged this for this weekly for you to watch a week of television that, what was it like 10 or 15 bucks a week? I don't remember how much it was. It's interesting to me that Russo managed to put together a series of good television shows in terms of the whole X Division block and all that. And then he created SEX. Well, they were, um, because of the whole Jeff Jarrett J Sports thing, um, they were struggling financially and they were trying to shop the show around to get a new investor in. Um, so they, from the sounds of it, they were they pulled their asses out and tried to put on a sensible product for a bit. Um, that's my theory, at least. They were they were trying to regulate it a bit better, and then when they got when when they got the deal, they stopped trying again. Yeah, that was clear. I mean, SEX is considered one of the what ten worst factions of all time in any wrestling promotion. Yeah, well, when you've got Disco Inferno as the main event or as the group, <laughs> you know. And that's nothing against Disco, by the way. Like, Disco's not I a like, bad guy. I like Disco. I like Disco. But it, it's, um, it's not, it doesn't feel fitting to have him suddenly be a main eventer out of the blue. That's my problem with it. No, because he was like a cruiserweight guy in WCW. He was like a mid-card guy. And then he went to TNA. And what's funny is I've seen pretty much everything he did in TNA, but I couldn't tell you one thing he did in TNA. That's what's um, so funny about Disco Inferno's run. Jive talking. The, the talk show he did. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Again. Three weeks. <laughs> yeah, it lasted for like two or three weeks, and that was it. <laughs> and then he was... Oh, my headphones just came unplugged. Oh, crap. <laughs> Hold on. Blooper reel. Anyway. Yeah, it lasted for a couple weeks, and then he was just gone, basically. <laughs> He wasn't, he wasn't there very long. 
at all. And here's the thing. He wasn't a bad wrestler. He knew what he was doing, but like he wasn't a main event talent like a Drew McIntyre is now. Because remember, Drew McIntyre was a mid-carder forever. And then he left and showed what he could do. And a lot of people thought Disco Inferno could do that in TNA, like be a main eventer. And there was portions of the internet, if you remember correctly, that really thought Disco Inferno was going to be a world champion in TNA. Oh, for real? Yes. I still see stuff now saying Disco Inferno should have been a world champion. I, I don't get it. I don't see it. I... He was a good talker. I mean, he still is. He's got his podcast with Conan and whoever. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. It's, um, I like his take. It's um, it's nice to hear a different take on the wrestling business. Yeah, and I really like Conan too. And I thought Conan did a really good job Wednesday night on AEW. Which I thought it's interesting that he's turning up there. I'm wondering if they're going to be doing some stuff with MLW, who just got a TV deal on Vice, by the way. MLW oh, really? is head of Vice, so. We'll see how that goes. People keep telling me to watch it. I, I honestly, I've never, never watched it before. Neither uh, have I, and I've had people tell me to watch it too. And that might, that might be something interesting to do. I don't know. I, I just Jacob Fatu, and if you don't know who that is, that's the Usos' cousin, Roman's cousin, all that. Is their world champion of like seven hundred days or something like that? Right. And it, he's just this big. He kind of almost has like that Samoa Joe size about him. But he's a little bigger. Oh, really? And oh, I, I prefer seeing some of the bigger athletes wrestle, so I, I, I really should check it out. Yeah, Fatu is their world champion, and he's a big and he's really good. Like for a bigger guy, he's he's pretty quick. And I haven't seen a lot of Jacob Fatu matches, but like, I'm curious as to why WWE hasn't got this guy yet. Just because of the whole Samoan angle that they're doing right now. The Samoan dynasty and all that. But Maybe he's got problems outside of the ring. No, because like Conan sings his praises about how much of a leader he is and all this. Then again, that's pretty ripe coming from Conan. I mean, if you've heard any Conan stories from back in the day. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I enjoy the Keeping It 100 podcast, but I, I, I can't listen to it for long periods of time just because Disco Inferno does have that accent, like that New York that New York accent where you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah, I was supposed to um, I was supposed to be getting an interview with him. Um, Conan? No, Disco. Disco. Uh, yeah, just because... Just because I think we'd have a funny chemistry, um, I d- I really I just don't want to interview someone who I think I'm not going to mesh well with. Well, that makes um, sense. Which is why there's there's I could go out and get an interview tomorrow with someone, but if I don't think it's going to be a good interview, I don't see the point. No, and that's why I reached out to you. Me and you kind of have the same yeah. sense of humor. Yeah, exactly. Like kind of dry and telling people to shove it and all that. <laughs> For sure. For those of you that get offended by being told to shove it or threatened to be punched in the face, don't watch Marky's content. Um, chances are he's going to tell you to shove it within the first 15 seconds. The, the thing is, I get um, I get 
sort of abusive comments all the time. Um, there's a lot of people who don't like how I talk to people. I think and... it's great. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> it's a it's a breath of fresh air. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'll, 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 I'll keep telling you. <laughs> oh, but no, no, for, for real. There's there is a lot of people out there who who really do get really upset about it. Um, and I think I think my channel would have grown a lot quicker if I didn't do it. Um, but I don't really care. I, I make the videos because I have fun making the videos. If if I'm just gonna be all liberal about it and you know be careful what I'm saying and not offend anyone and tell tell everyone in the audience that I love Dean Malenko, you know, it's it's not. <laughs> I wouldn't be happy in myself. That's that's not who I am. I, I don't want to do that. So at the end of the day, the people who send me hate can shove it. And I mean it. <laughs> now, when you tell your actual fans to shove it, uh, you don't mean that. Oh, it's a different kind. It's a different kind of shove, my friend. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I think it's interesting too. Like me and you have a very different taste in wrestling. Like I like AEW. You're not a fan of it. But there's this problem on the internet where, and and it's a problem with WWE. It's a problem with AEW, and it, it's still a problem with Impact. And this was a problem back in the day with TNA. Like, if you don't like the wrestling promotion that person X likes, then they don't like you. Yeah. And and I hate that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, why can't we all just have a different opinion on what we like in wrestling and just enjoy what we enjoy and all talk about it? Like, What is the problem with that? The wrestling community is toxic. I, I try and stay out of it as best I can. Yeah. Um, I don't use terms like kayfabe. I don't use terms like shoot. I don't use terms like work because I'm not a wrestler. So if you're going around calling someone a mark, what does that make you? Because you know what the word is. You know enough. To My podcast know. is called Two Marks and a Spark. And believe me, I know what it is. The, <laughs> yeah. the name of this podcast was it is entirely meant to be funny. It's a serious show, but the yeah. title's meant to be funny. No, but what I mean, Ben, is you're not using it as a as a term to insult insult me or, or, or directing it, you know, specifically at someone. Your, yours is more of a sort of because it's wrestling related. You've named it that. Yeah. But my point is these these people they they go around throwing all these terms around and they they alienate people who just want to have fun and enjoy watching wrestling. And that's what this show is about. It's about enjoying wrestling. That's what. And that's why we review shows like NXT, WWE, AEW, you know, and I'd love to cover Impact. Problem is, is I'm already watching so much wrestling every week that if I watched Impact 2, I'd probably throw myself out my window. And and I do enjoy parts of Impact now. Like Ace Austin, I think, is the future of the company. And, and they've got him with Madman Fulton, which is a mistake. Madman Fulton is the modern-day Rob Terry. Um... <laughs> And for those of you that watched TNA back in the day, that's not a compliment. Um, like, and I enjoy Moose and Sammy Callahan, who I think Callahan right now is on the best run he's ever had. And they're doing good things with him. I don't like the whole AEW angle they're doing just because I'm not a big fan of, and it's not even that I don't like the company crossover. Because I think it's a good idea. And I think unity in wrestling is needed. 
and I agree with that. And I think a lot of people do. But I think the problem is, is that they've done it a little too overboard. Like, they, they've made Kenny just absolutely a tank. Now, he didn't beat Moose clean. That was good. He shouldn't have beat Moose clean. Because you know what that does? If they don't have Callahan beat Omega, you know what they can do down the road if they really want to put the belt back on Moose? They, they can turn around and say, hey, Kenny, you didn't defeat Moose one, two, three, middle of the ring. We're going to do it again. And you can yeah. do a stip with that. Because Don Callis, it doesn't work for Impact anymore. They fired him on TV. So he's just there with Kenny now. So Don doesn't have any power. So, well, Don is actually no longer with the company, like, in terms of an executive role. So I wonder how much longer this whole AEW thing is going to last just because Don is the one that did that. He's the one that made that deal. Yeah. So how long do they keep that? Yeah. I'm glad I'm, I'm, glad I'm not reviewing Impact at the moment because if I'd have seen my boy Moose lose to Kenny Omega, I would have lost my shit. Like, <laughs> the, they did it in a way where, like, Moose fans won't be offended. Because they didn't do it clean. There was interference. Right. And Callahan came out and stood up for Moose when Moose was getting the crap beat out of him by the Good Brothers. Who, I don't know about you, but I think if Luke Gallows didn't have a ta- wasn't just strictly a tag team guy, would probably have been a multiple-time world champion. Mm. But the problem is, is they keep putting him in tag teams. Because he's just this big, massive guy who can kick your head off. But... He's doing his thing with the Good Brothers and the Elite and all that. But how much longer does this AEW Impact thing last? Because it's running out of legs. Like, how much more of a story can you really tell? I want to know what Impact's got out of the whole deal. I mean, they've they've had some guys feature on TV. Maybe they've popped a rating. Uh, from what I've heard, they haven't, though. Um, AEW's not... gained more from it than Impact has. Well, there you go. Because AEW got the Good Brothers. Yeah. And say what you will about the Good Brothers, but it popped a rating for them the first time they showed up. I mean, if Moose showed up on AEW, I don't think anybody would be complaining about that. And don't tell me you wouldn't watch a Moose versus whoever in AEW, Brian Cage. I'll be out for that. Because, and and I'm wondering why Brian Cage hasn't been back in Impact. Because this, this guy's a two-time Impact World Champion. You've got a crossover deal with these guys. Let Brian Cage go back to Impact. It makes sense. Why not? Like, this guy, and Brian Cage was over in Impact, too. Like, this guy was over. Yeah, from what I've seen of him when he was in Impact, it was great. And that's why I'm wondering, like, what are they doing with this thing? Who's holding it up here? Like, part of me thinks that this is just so Tony Khan can maybe buy Impact. Which, yeah. if that's what he's going to do, then he should have just done it. He's got the money. If that's what he's going to do, <clears throat> fine. Let him do it. You know, Impact wouldn't go out of business, I don't think. I think they'd keep it on TV. He's not Vince McMahon, he's not out to kill everybody. At least not yet. So why are we doing this roundabout game where... 
Because first of all, Impact isn't on a big enough network to the point where they were going to pop a rating from all this. No. They're on Access TV, which is dish, which is not direct dish, direct TV exclusive, and they stream on Twitch. Now their Twitch numbers are way up. Right. Right. Woohoo! Your Twitch numbers are up. You're not getting paid for your Twitch numbers. Well, they might be, but I doubt it. They're not getting, you know, the amount of revenue they would from a better TV deal, which I want to know why they're not on a better network. Like, what is Scott DeMore thinking with that? What was Don Callis thinking with that? Or do they just not have the power to do anything about it? Because it is Anthem running the company. They seem ashamed of their past, and I think that's a mistake. Because a lot of wacky stuff happened, yeah. Um, and I mean, hell, I made a whole channel about it. But there's a, there's also a lot to be proud of in there. But it's almost like they've they've completely swept it under the rug, and they've got all this great content. Yeah. This, and I don't even know how many people know it's out there. I I, I stumbled across it, and you'd you'd think that that library alone is worth a fair bit to someone. And then you've got all the TNA explosion, which I've rant my ass off about i don't know who owns that but there's a whole other re- there's a whole other wrestling show out there that someone else owns and you'd think all of this stuff would be worth something to a network yeah like i i i'm a firm believer in that impact would be in a lot better spot if and they could they could easily do this by the way and hear me out on this impact goes to TBS with AEW. You do AEW for two hours in their normal time on TBS when they move next year, and then Impact for an hour immediately after. Oh, yeah. Tell me that wouldn't be good for everybody. Because They'd have to to try and make their show feel different because it just feels like AEW lights me whenever I watch it. That's the issue. Well, it's not the same people booking, though. Which is why yeah, it confuses it me why it does feel like that. And it does. I just wonder how because it's not the same people. Because that's because that's what the consensus is, that most wrestling companies are pandering to the internet fans nowadays. And that's what internet fans want to see. The majority. Um, I just want to see good wrestling. I don't care where it comes from. But is, is there a conception that big man wrestling isn't good wrestling? No, I... I like a lot of big guys. I love Lance Archer. He's a big guy. I I just talked about Jacob Fatu for like five minutes. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with big guy wrestling. It's just that, one, there's not a lot of them out there. That's your first issue. There's not a lot of big guys left, right? No. You know, there's Lance Archer. There's Brian Cage. Powerhouse Hobbs is a big guy. He's not that tall, but he is a big guy. Bronson Reed in NXT. Fatu. Huh? Fatu, like you said. Jacob Fatu. I think Roman you could classify as a bigger guy. Oh, for sure. I, Roman's massive. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen Roman in person. This dude is yeah. huge. Like, yeah. he, he is really big. And so is Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is a giant. Yeah. And I'll be interested to see where Braun Strowman goes. Um, because WWE really missed the ball on him. All right, well, let's flip it around then. So, not big man wrestling, but storyline-driven wrestling. That's not being catered to. AEW's trying. They're not doing very well with it, but they're trying. 
but I most people don't want to watch a bunch of storylines involving nerds. That's that's the issue. Like it's not cool. It's <laughs> that that that's the. I would want to start a company that is aiming to capture that audience who is not being catered for, the audience who used to be wrestling fans who left. And you've got to try and get that perfect sweet spot, which isn't Vince Russo wrestling, but it's it's somewhere in between that and what they started producing in the 2000s when it was good shit in the ring. And somewhere in between that is the sweet spot, in my opinion. That's what the majority of non-internet wrestling fans would like to watch. Right, and that's kind of the issue is, like, there hasn't been a company that's found the perfect mix between storytelling and in-ring action. Yeah. And I don't know that there is a perfect mix, honestly. I think it's all about testing and seeing what works and what doesn't. And that's what AEW's done a really good job with, is if they if they see something's not working, they don't do it anymore. Um, For example, their women's division. They basically completely rebooted that. Yeah, and now it's probably, in my opinion, one of the best women's wrestling divisions in the in the world. It's not the best because there are companies that are entirely women, and those are going to be inherently better. Do you know why? Because they're the focus of the show, and they're the only thing there. And Japan, I think, has done a very good job. And here's the thing: it's hard to watch wrestling right now. Or it has been for the last 18 months. Do you know why? We've been in the middle of a global pandemic. Oh, yeah. With no crowd. And AEW is just getting their fans back. And at full capacity. And they're going back on the road next week. And WWE is going back on the road later this month. And I don't know. You know, Impact's getting fans back at Slammiversary. Are you going to be watching Slammiversary this year? I know you watched it last year. I just can't watch that product. It's it's terrible. I, I'm really sorry to people. It, I tried to watch it. You know, I I did a couple of months of watching it. And it was really making me feel sick. Like I was dreading watching it. It's, and that was that, before that Kenny wrestle, even showed up. Yeah. That Wrestle House thing was the worst shit I've ever seen in wrestling. I... I could not believe I was watching it. I was embarrassed to be watching it, and I was in an empty room. (laughs) (laughs) Watching an empty arena show. Oh, but... Yeah, and, uh, yeah, not having crowds has not helped. I mean, maybe maybe I'll enjoy it more with crowds back. Um, Wrestling is the shits without crowd. Well, and I think, you know, we've learned that. One thing we've... And Drew McIntyre said this on uh, Raw Talk this morning. Um, Drew McIntyre was on WWE's kind of raw post-show thing either last night or this morning. I just saw the clip on YouTube. And he said, what we've learned in the last year is this business without fans is not the same as it is with. And they are every bit as important, if not more so, than we are. And yeah, he, says, he, seems like a, he seems like a nice guy, really, doesn't he? He seems smart and he seems to know what he's talking about and he went through enough to get to where he is today, so I'm sure he's uh, he's learned the hard way what it takes by now. He base and he also said the the fans are our top star. They are our number one member of the roster. Like we can't do this without them. And you know he's going to be in the Money in the Bank match. And I don't know how much you've been following, but him and Lashley had just this awesome Hell in a Cell match that yeah. that got overshadowed by the fact that guess what they didn't have 
fans and MVP interfered and they did a stupid roll up finish. But like props to WWE for actually using Bobby Lashley, by the way. Yeah. Because this guy showed what he could do in impact and they're kind of just doing the same thing in WWE. (laughs) His impact run was brilliant. Well, they've got him back with MVP. Thank God. Who is maybe is MVP the most underrated like Mike worker ever? Yeah, probably. Because this guy can talk, like legitimately. Yeah. And he's so good as a heel, and he's so good as that heel manager, that asshole heel manager. They're gonna get booed out of the building at Money in the Bank. And it's not going to be go-away booze. It's going to be legitimate heat. Because the promo between him and Kofi last night was fantastic. And Kofi hit him with a trouble in paradise, and MVP sold it like a MFR. And I, I, I just really... And there's very little I like about Raw. I've talked about it on this show before. There's very little I like about Raw, but MVP and Bobby Lashley are saving the show. On a week-to-week yeah. basis. Yeah, I've heard that. It, and Bobby Lashley is... He's... It's weird, because his TNA run... He had two of them, right? He was there, and then he left, and then he came back, and that's when he won the world title. Yeah. But the thing about his first TNA run, everybody obviously makes the meme out of he can't wait to fight Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar isn't there. Um, That makes me wonder if they told him Brock was coming. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Is Brock going to face Lashley in WWE then? Is that the plan? I, I would think so. I, 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 From everything I've read and what everybody's saying is the plan for SummerSlam, at least right now, is Roman versus Cena and Bobby versus Brock. I haven't watched WWE in God knows how long, but that one match would be enough to make me tune in. That's the biggest money match they've got. Well, Roman versus Cena is going to draw a big number anyway. And you know that's going to yeah. be the last thing on the show is yeah. Roman and Cena. But, but And I get but, why they're doing Roman and Cena, by the way. It makes absolute yeah. sense. But for the casual fans, Brock versus Lashley is a draw. Now, like, I would I've hold that. friends who don't watch wrestling and they know who both these guys are. I would hold Brock and Bobby for Mania. I just would. Yeah, I agree. I don't – and I get it. They're doing – SummerSlam like it's WrestleMania this year because they're going to have a full crowd. They're going to be in Las Vegas, so on and so forth. But like, and and I get it. You know, you want to do Brock and Bobby. You want to do that big number on Peacock, whatever. But why in the hell would you do this at SummerSlam on a show where you're already going to have Roman Reigns and John Cena and Edge is going to be there and you're, probably going to have Becky Lynch back by that point. Like why overload this show? Cause there is so much, and you said it earlier, there's such a thing as too much of a good thing. And I'm wondering if that Brock Bobby match wouldn't just get overshadowed by the fact that they're going to have everybody there. They're pulling out all the stops for this show. And Jeff Hardy's getting his old music back. Uh, his, I can't remember what it's called, but his super, his music that got him super over that everybody just says is like the best wrestling theme song ever. Okay. Um, I don't know what it's called, but, um, no, I mean, that sounds awesome to be fair. Um, but 
yeah are they are they blowing all their matches at once that's the question yeah and and, and that's why i'm wondering if maybe they're gonna hold off on brock and bobby and maybe they'll do something else i don't know what they'll do I mean, unless Kofi's going to beat Lashley, it's money in the bank, which I don't think is going to happen. I mean, are they going to do Big E and Bobby? Is that what they're going to do? That would be a great match. But where do you go from there? Are you going to have Big E win money in the bank and cash in on Bobby after Kofi loses? Isn't that pretty much all you can do if you're going to do Big E and Bobby? <laughs> Big E and Bobby. Like, it sounds funny. It it does, and I didn't realize it until you said it. But it does sound funny. It's just so funny to me. Like, getting someone like you back into wrestling, I think WWE is going to have a hard time. But what I would tell you, as someone who is disenchanted with wrestling, and I don't blame you one bit, I get disenchanted with wrestling, and I have a whole podcast on it. And there are weeks where I really wish we were covering something else. But I always tell people, go on YouTube and just watch Roman Reigns cut a promo. And you will see why SmackDown is the better show here. And Paul Heyman is so good. We all know how good Heyman is on the mic. It's not a... Nobody's surprised when Paul Heyman cuts a good promo. No. Because it's just... It's Paul Heyman. You know what you're getting. You're getting probably one of the five best promos of the week right there, if not the best. And they're doing Roman and Edge at Money in the Bank, which I think is going to be... They're actually doing it one-on-one, which I think is going to be awesome. The show doesn't sound that bad, the way you paint it. (laughs) It sounds like there's a fair bit of star power still. SmackDown isn't that bad. I I could rant for hours about Raw, and, and Raw last night wasn't that bad. Um, from what I've seen of it, Raw was not that bad. It was goofy. It was silly. It was out there. Especially the Battle Royal where Riddle won and told them to play Randy Orton's music. But, like... <sighs> so, you said... you. So, I've heard you obviously do a podcast, Ben, but what was your... um? You're looking at maybe doing some videos in the future what was what well sort of we, we have a youtube channel we were gonna do some video side stuff but we i haven't found the right formula for it yet because i don't think just posting our normal audio content would be that great it's just two guys sitting in front of a camera and i want to be more entertaining than that i i don't think that's because that's overdone on the wrestling community right like just a guy sitting in front of a camera talking about wrestling news that that is so overdone it's so like oversaturated and that's why we've stuck to the audio side we want to do video we do and i've talked about it in the past and i've talked about it with guys that i've interviewed too i and i've interviewed a couple of wrestling people kenny bolin primarily i've interviewed him a couple of times and things like that so and even he says, you know, if you could get a video side, your show is going to do a lot better. And I agree. And he said that on this show. But, like, yes, we do want to do video. But, like I said, the talking head gimmick is so overplayed. Yeah. I mean, that's that's part of the reason I don't really go on camera either. And that makes sense. Like, if you're doing an interview, on camera makes sense because you've got someone who's not usually there 
you know, you're not a normal part of the Two Marks and a Spark podcast. You know, you're here for a very special occasion. I was invited. You were invited. <laughs> several months ago. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, when I tweeted that I was up to something in, like, February... <laughs> This was it. <laughs> I just, I, I want you guys to know that. When I said in February on Twitter, guys, I'm up to something. This was it. Yeah. And I, around then, that must have been when my channel got shut down. For no, because remember, when your channel got shut down, you were going to come on here and we were going to post it as like your update if we could. Yeah. And then you got your channel back, so it didn't matter. Yeah. Honestly, I'm I'm quite an introverted guy, but the um the love and comments I got when that happened, I was actually really taken back. It it was madness, like the amount of Instagram messages and shit like that. Like people, like people don't normally look out for me too much, and I don't look out for them. So who can blame them? But seeing the outpouring of support then was just amazing. If it ever happens again, I've got more of a voice. Um, so that's that's why it's important for me to build up my social media following now even though i'm still terrible at replying on there but um no it's, it's there's just not enough time in the day sometimes you know you're not terrible at replying from what i've from my experience and maybe it's because you know i don't call you a stupid meanie face or something i don't know what kind of hate comments you get <laughs> honestly every time i look at your comment section it's pretty overly positive well you know youtube filters out all the nasty ones right well, yeah. So that, that, there's a reason you don't see any hate comments. I mean, you get you get the odd one that sneaks through, but the, they have a pretty good filtering system in place. And it's like, why why would you want it to show the hate comments? I mean, who does that benefit? That doesn't benefit anybody. That just spreads negativity, which there's no point in doing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Before somebody calls me out for being negative about NXT the past few weeks and the spreading the negativity thing, I just want to say NXT is a cold product and i've talked about that before i like it but it's a cold product and the ratings show it so that's not negativity that's just a fact <laughs> they're rehashing old things and but like like you said you are a fairly introverted guy you weren't on social media for a long time even when you had your channel and i thought that was such an interesting way to go about it and I can appreciate that, you know, as somebody that doesn't really like being on social media, but I am because how else would I promote my show? Um, yeah. And that's well, what... I just kind of boring when you're in a video and someone starts going on and on for 10 minutes about how you can follow them and how you can support them and, you know, subscribe to this and click that. I... <laughs> it's like, fuck off. I, I came here to watch a video, not to hear you talk about this. <laughs> or like my sponsor spots. My sponsor spots are 30 seconds at the beginning of the show and I don't talk about it again. Exactly. Keep it short and that's all that's all good. And you know what? We have like we have the anchor fan support thing set up. I don't even talk about that. Most people listening to this probably didn't even know it was on, <laughs> by the way. Cause I've never said anything. <laughs> it's just on by default on anchor, so I just I just leave it there. If somebody wants to support the show monetarily, you're more than welcome to. I'm not gonna ask you to. It's like you with your Patreon. You promote your Patreon maybe once a month. If that. And, yeah. And it's like, 
okay, we don't have to promote other platforms when, you know, you've got a central platform. Like this is our central platform. Yeah. I've got I've got no problem promoting my Patreon and asking people to pay for it when they make me watch stupid videos and ruin my life watching them. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I do you know what I've had to put up with the last 48 hours? So I've been working on two videos at the same time. Here's a scoop because neither of them are out yet. So we've got a video. We have an exclusive, on... ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, an exclusive. So we've got um, Ahmed Johnson in WCW. Oh, no. Um, and then we've got Kevin Nash is Oz in WCW. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so you've had a bad day. <laughs> I've had a bad couple of days, my friend. <laughs> Well, hopefully I'm making it better. Oh, least... yeah, this is, this is definitely the highlight of my day. <laughs> or at least I'm trying. <laughs> no, I, I mean that sincerely as well. It has been a bad couple of days. <laughs> it's, luckily for me, all of their matches are incredibly short. So that made it more better. Well, Ahmed Johnson. <sighs> aye, aye, aye. But, so, here's... Here's a question I had. So, me and you talked about doing this forever. For those of you that don't know, me and Mark have been, like, on and off internet acquaintances for, what, since February? January? Yeah. Before the show started. The show started in January. So, and me and you started talking before that, because I just sent you a message on Patreon just to say how much I appreciate your content. Oh, you're one of the first few people to support on there, from what I remember. Yeah, you didn't have that many patrons at first. Just, just and I I would think I was like cuz I remember when you launched it, I was like, "Oh, interesting. Okay." And I don't really use Patreon that much just cuz like there's not that many creators I'm like, "Hey, I want to give you money." But for some reason, I was tempted to give some guy who tells me to shove it on a regular basis money. You you know, the the logic in what I'm saying is flawed but it's fine <laughs> yeah and i just really i connected with your content just because on a on a deeper level i know how much fun you're having making it <laughs> like you can feel the fun even when you're pissed off and the show sucks and you want to <laughs> drink yourself off a bridge like the christmas episode of tna from last year you know that for some reason that specific episode of tna always stayed in my mind as a teenager i, I don't know why i never it's the most forgettable that. thing i've ever seen there was something about i think it was eric young and orlando jordan were backstage and orlando no eric young was saying there will be booze there will be pizza and <laughs> i can remember i can remember me and my teenage mate we were cracking up at this at the time i don't know what was so funny about it and i've just never forgotten it and it just came into my head one day oh, hey i'm gonna review that episode but i might get drunk while i do it oh and you were drunk oh for sure <laughs> yeah the 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 whiskey episode was worse though because man that that shit was cheap whiskey um and i i, I was actually nearly sick a few times during that video but the hardest part is your um your drive to do work when you're intoxicated completely disappears 
um, and you think start thinking, I don't want to stand up here speaking into this microphone for 40 minutes. I'd rather sit in bed or go eat go eat some chicken or something. And you know, you know, so so I, I'm not. I don't really drink um, normally in life because I wouldn't get any work done. I even find that the next day I still don't want to do any work after drinking. So, and you work out quite a bit, correct? What was that? Sorry, mate. And you're a big exercise guru from everything I know. Uh, like eighty percent, yeah. It's the pandemic hasn't helped, but I, I no. was before that. Um, but yeah, that's a little tip, guys. If you if you're struggling with productivity, knock off the booze and, and see how you get on because it really isn't helping you. Unless you're making a TNA review, <laughs> dude. If you're making a TNA review, getting drunk is maybe or reviewing a WWE pay per view inside the Thunderdome. Bring some absinthe. Yeah. Okay, so me and Bryce have Bryce is my co-host. He's not here. He's at work right now. I I took today off just to do this. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh shit. It's fine. I The way I saw it was it's not every day I get to talk to this guy. So, you know, I just told him cuz I this is my second like hobby slash job slash whatever so this is what i do you know when i'm not working or playing games or whatever and we started this because during the pandemic and i've told this story before but during the pandemic me and bryce got drunk at his house one night what's with the alcohol talk in the last 10 minutes <laughs> well I, as i said i have just been working on a video on ours so i kind of feel that way a little bit uh, me and him got drunk at his house one night. This was right after Christmas, and we were just, we were hammered, and we were watching, I can't remember what it was. It was a, oh, you know what it was? It was an old WWF pay-per-view from, like, the late 90s. It it might have been Over the Edge or something like that. And we were just sitting there. And you know when you're drunk and you're just throwing something on just to drown out the drunk? Yeah. That's why that was on. And I turned to Bryce in my drunken stupor and I said, what if we started a wrestling podcast? <laughs> the show was born. Yeah. And a month it's... later, we started. Well, yeah. Well, consistency is the key. So That's... I was actually doing this for like a year and a half before i got anywhere um i wasn't doing it that consistently i was doing probably one video a month but no one was watching um I, i'm not not that's not saying no one watches yours ben but no one was watching mine um and you just one day i was in bed and suddenly my phone blew up and youtube randomly recommended one of my videos so welcome to the algorithm yeah exactly so it's just a case of putting the content out there and then hoping someone stumbles upon it, really. Yeah, and, like, you know, I know you listened to what was it a couple episodes when I first sent you the link, and you, you liked yeah. the show. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that that's when I just... When you said you liked it, that's when I decided to invite you on because I was like, okay, if he likes what we're doing here, you know, maybe I can... I can get the hawk, you know? <laughs> just... But... And... The Hulk Hogan thing is so funny to me because I guarantee you Hulk Hogan forgot about it five minutes after it happened. But the internet has not forgotten. <laughs> Wes Briscoe has not forgotten. No, I think Wes Briscoe has forgotten about his entire wrestling career, if he can. 
No, someone uh, someone interviewed him and Garrett the other day. I saw it. Are they still friends? Yeah, they they tag team together. <laughs> the world's worst tag team. You've just... I'm actually half tempted. I'm half tempted to invite one of them on, and it'll be an absolute car crash because I I don't. I'm sure they do know who 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 I am by now. Um, I don't. I don't know if they give a shit, but they 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 are they are quite big dudes. You know, they're not gonna take lightly to it. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure they they think they're tough. <laughs> so it might well, be quite a fun interview. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Garrett's dad is such a laid back guy. Eric, and you hear it on the 83 Weeks podcast, he does seem like a genuinely nice guy, so I think Garrett would probably find it funny more than anything. And I'm sure he'd even tell you that his TNA run wasn't very good. No, they thought it was good, actually. They're smoking the hopium, aren't they? No, I'm I'm not fucking with you. They they said they loved loved being in the Aces and Apes. It was the funnest time in their lives. I'm sure they did love it. Yeah, the dude got to wrestle Kurt Angle in a cage at West Prison. <laughs> I I blocked that out of my mind. Yeah, they gave him a cage match of Kurt Angle, for God's sake. At least they didn't put him over. And it was still terrible. It was it was like a D at best. You know, it it was probably the best match of Wes Briscoe's TNA career, but it was like the worst match of Kurt Angle's career. I don't know. Kurt Angle had a really bad match with Baron Corbin not too long ago, like a couple of years oh. ago. Oh yeah, but I mean, I'm talking sort of when he was more in his prime. Like he must have been nearly dead by that point. But, uh, not... I don't know. I didn't think Kurt Angle was capable of a bad match, and then I watched him wrestle Russ Briscoe, and I'm like. And another video that I I still go back and watch this video occasionally. By the way, to give you an idea of how much I like this video, your video on Desmond Wolf. I thought it was. Oh, re- oh, that was a long time ago. That's a really good video, though. Do you know? I wish. I wish. Um. I wish I'd had a better microphone back then, because for me, I can't go back and watch any of those videos. The the audio quality is is like deaf in my ears, and I I just can't enjoy it. And it's a shame because I put a lot of work into some of them. Even even some of the videos during the Monday Night War, my audio was terrible, and it's yeah. a damn shame. Because that that video was like my baby, like putting all those episodes together into that four hour video, that was my baby at the time. And to say I can't go back and enjoy it now is a shame. That was your magnum opus, if you will. Oh, for sure. I don't get paid any money for that video either, which is really a shame. Um, yeah, even though it's like my most popular video and it's four hours long. I need to go back and watch that again because I watched it when you first put. I watched it as they were coming out, like initially. Mm. And then I watched it again when you put the four-hour one out. I need to go back yeah. and watch it again just to remind myself of the... What's the word? The pain? The suffering? Skip, skip 75% of the way through and the audio quality is better. And plus it's got the drinking episode. Uh, it's got the one with my homie Top 10 Wrestling. Um, and it's got that really weird episode of TNA where Ric Flair thinks he's stone cold. And... <laughs> Starts quoting Stone Cold for some reason. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny? And I was just thinking about this the other day. I'm like, you know, Top 10 Wrestling and Marky D started out not liking each other and became friends. That's... Yeah, that, that whole beef was my fault. Um, well, it's, it's no hate on Tom. He's, 
he he trod on he trod in my ground. And I was a bit territorial, um, and it, it, it rubbed me the wrong way that he was getting paid a lot, and I at the time I wasn't getting anything, um, and kind of got the David he, versus Goliath feel. Well, yeah, but you know we were putting out really similar content. And then he started doing he started doing a Monday Night War video, and I think that's where the beef really kicked in, because I felt like he was ripping me off, and not he didn't credit me or anything like that. But no, we um we made we made peace pretty quickly. Yeah, that didn't uh, last very long. That was what three videos, and it was over. Yeah, it wasn't. He's, he's, really, he's really sound. He um when when the channel went down, he he definitely helped get it back. So I've got nothing but love for the guy. That makes sense because, you know, every all his content, he does sound like a genuinely nice guy. From everything I've heard from you and just watching his videos, he seems like a good guy. And that's another one I wouldn't mind having on the show just because, like, you two are really two of the few remaining, like, quote-unquote independent wrestling content creators. Oh, the- not part of, like, some big clip, you mean? Yeah, not part of, like, you know, Fightful or The Observer or, you know. Twat culture. (laughs) Twat culture. um, As much as I like Simon Miller. Yeah, the rest of them, though. God. But, no, I was going to start my own clique. It was going to be me, the Infuso, Top 10 Wrestling, uh, Wrestle Planet. All those boys, they're all cool with me. Um, But time, time is a problem for me. Things are going to really change in the next couple of months, so I'm moving house, um, and the hours at my office job are going to be greatly reducing, and I'm going to be putting more hours into my YouTube product. So there's going to be a lot of things changing, including, I think I told Ben about this a few weeks ago, so there's going to be a new channel which the aim is to showcase um, new wrestling content creators under one umbrella, because the problem is when someone who's new puts out a video, no one's going to watch it because of the algorithm and you can't grow without feedback. So it's pointless, essentially. And your content can't get better if you don't have feedback. Exactly. Because if, if nobody's telling what you're doing wrong, you're not going to know you're doing it wrong. Exactly. If, if your mic quality shit, you're not going to know it because you no one laughing at you in the comments, things like that. You don't want to know how much I spent on this microphone. Oh, it... I... They... <laughs> I, how much was it gone? Uh, four hundred. Oh, it's it's worth it though. You sound crystal clear. Well, I'm... it it's an SM7B, so I hope I sound crystal clear. <laughs> I'll be getting a new one sooner or later. I just again. you sound fine. What are you using? This is actually a really old one. This is a Samsung CO3U USB microphone. I think I bought it when I was at university. Um. I don't know how long ago that was. Man. I'm giving show my age now, <laughs> like well, five years ago, I think. Well, you're not that much older than me, then. Um, but and it's interesting to me because, like, for a long time, I always believed, you know, that, and you know, this mistake the the microphone I bought was kind of a mistake. I did not need this specific microphone, but like. When we first started the show and the show first started doing kind of well, I was like, I need to go buy a new microphone just, you know, to avoid. Because Bryce already had a good mic and, you know, 
and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go buy an SM7B and never need another microphone again. I'll and, look into that when I go to buy this. Like, this yeah. And I built my computer, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put the best things I can afford in here and not have to upgrade for a long time. <laughs> yeah, for real. But um, you, should ask, you should ask Top Ten Wrestling though, going back to what you were saying, because I'm sure he, I'm sure he'd be happy to help you. He's um he's kind of slowed down a bit recently because he's he's at uni. Now I was um, gonna say, isn't he at college or something? Yeah, he's at uni, so he's um I think he's doing like media or radio or something like that with his degree. Um, so he's he's gone a bit quiet recently, but he's still about if you if you need him for anything. Well, I thought about reaching out to him when I reached out to you. Just because I I really like both of your guys' content, and I look up to you a lot, and you're part of the reason this podcast happened, by the way. And I told you that months ago, and I'm telling you now. Guys, if Marky D doesn't exist, this this show probably isn't here, like, legitimately at all. And, And that's why we invited him on. That's why... I've jumped through a million and one hoops, including figuring out a way to contact you, <laughs> which you didn't make easy there for a while, pal. No, it's easier nowadays though, right? <laughs> uh, you were really trying to make sure nobody could, but you know, I found my way through and like I said, two marks and a spark doesn't happen without the shove it squad. And that's not me just trying to be overly nice. This show does not happen without you. And we owe you a lot of things just for giving us the inspiration to do this show. Or giving me the inspiration to want to do this show. Because, like, I've tried content creation in other forms before. And I haven't enjoyed it that much. It didn't feel that creatively fulfilling. And then I started doing this. You've got a good voice for it. Give you that, my friend. I've got a face for radio, I'll tell you. <laughs> Uh, but, and, you know, getting back to now, like, as you just said, you've got the new channel launching. I think me and you have talked about doing some stuff together on there. Oh, for sure. And, you know, we'll see how that, we're, we'll see where it goes with that. You're getting ready to not go full-time on YouTube, but kind of almost full-time. Yeah, semi-pro. <laughs> So you said you're moving. Didn't you mention when your channel got put back that you and your girlfriend got a place? Yeah. Um, I don't want to go into it too much, but the house prices in my area are absolute insanity. Well, um, yeah, it, it's insane everywhere. The pandemic drove everything up. Yeah, it did. It, and I don't want to move 200 miles away from, from where I grew up. So it's it's not an option. So I had to try and find a way to get a house around here. So, so I basically that's why I started putting in the hours on YouTube. I enjoyed it, but it also gave me a bit of extra cash. Um, so when when we can move home, that means I can cut down the hours at my office job uh, because I'll be a lot further away from my office job, and I don't want to commute that every day. Uh, plus, I won't be waiting on a mortgage. I'll, I'll have my mortgage accepted. So. Um, I wouldn't need it's complicated getting a house over here in, in God's County. It's not easy at all. There's a lot of hoops you've got to jump through. And one of them is having regular full-time employment. And that's kind of what I'm dealing with. I mean, you could, is there no option to file as self-employed over there? Uh, Two years. 
So you have to have been earning money for two years, and I haven't. That's a very odd requirement. Well, it's, it's partly to do with the pandemic again. Um, they don't want to lend money out as easily because they're worried they're not going to get it back. That I understand, but like filing as self-employed and filing yourself as a business shouldn't be that difficult from what I know. Mm. But the problem is with that is then you're paying a lot extra in taxes that you don't want to pay. Yeah. Which well, you're, I mean, you're already paying extra because... It's, it's a lot of positives. It's taught me work ethic. I lacked work ethic. So I'm a machine now, honestly. Um, yeah, like any product, any project I have now, I throw myself into full force and I will get it done. I won't slack anymore because I, I was hella lazy when I was younger. Well, and you know, we've kind of had trouble with consistency the past few weeks with this show. But the reason for that is I moved, new job, new city, new state. You know, mobility causes time constraints. <laughs> and I just haven't been able to, you know, get everything back in full motion. But we're on a new format now. We're doing once a week shows. This is going to go up tomorrow um, on my podcast feed, I will link you. Don't worry. I know I sent you the link ages ago, but it's probably buried somewhere in our DMs. Uh, just because I know how it goes. It's buried somewhere. And we will um, definitely, you know, be back every Saturday. We do our show every Saturday at noon central. I don't know what that is over there because I don't remember what time zone you're on. I think you said you're on GMT, right? Yeah. This... What? The way European time zones work confuses me. Are you, are you on the East Coast or the West Coast? I'm in the Midwest. I'm on Central Time. Okay. Hour behind East Coast. Okay. So I think we are about six or seven hours in front of you in that case. Wow. It's got to be like 11 o'clock at night then, man. Oh, mate. You, you nailed it. It's two minutes to 11. <laughs> I was like, wow, this man. <laughs> This man stayed up late. <laughs> oh, I always stay up late. I didn't get enough sleep. <laughs> Neither do I. Don't worry. But as you said, you've got a lot of future plans for your YouTube and you're launching the community creation spotlight that you're going to be doing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's I, it's just not possible at the moment because the problem is new content creators need help. And right. I don't have the time to give the help that people need so i was working with um peace the wrestler i'm sure some of you remember him and he's a lovely guy we're still on great terms um and i i i truly believed i could see something in him um i know some of you might not agree with that but brother peace you saw this guy on camera he is hella entertaining and the whole point was we were gonna bring that across to the show but i didn't have the time to get that out of him so maybe that's something for the future. Again, I'm sure Peace will be on that channel because I see a lot in him. Uh, but he's he's back to wrestling anyway now that the pandemic's calmed down. So he's happy, I'm sure. And for those of you wondering, I'm pretty sure you're going to see some of us on that channel too just because from what we've talked about, it sounds like it's uh, probably going to happen. Yeah. Because why not? 
Well, and I'm going to tell a funny story here. So me and Mark were talking the other day, and your name is Mark, right? I can call you Mark. I don't have to call you Marky or whatever. It's, my real name is actually Marky. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, yeah. so me and Marky were talking the other day, and I was like, you know, we could do stuff for both sides, right? And you tell me you're like, let's just do something for your podcast first. Make sure we don't have another brother piece on our hands. And I bust a gut laughing. <laughs> and not because you're being cautious. Just the way you said it. It's like, you know what? This guy is smart. I, I wanted to carry on working with Peace. But I was getting so much. Like people literally unsubscribing. and That doesn't make any sense. He was in one video every other week. Well, yeah, just don't watch it. But they, they, people are brutal on the internet. And you know, and th that is what that is. You know, if you don't like something, just don't watch that part of the content. He wasn't in every single one of your videos. It's not like he replaced you. I and, actually gave him the impact review because I couldn't stand doing it myself anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like just don't <laughs> watch the damn impact review. How hard is that, guys? Come on. Well, I couldn't win. When I, when I was reviewing Impact, people were saying I was being too negative about it and they couldn't stand listening to it. And then when I'm not interviewing it, someone else would do it. They want me to come back and do it. So which one is it? Pick one. You can't have both. I I will never... I, I, I don't think I'll ever watch Impact again regularly after WrestleHouse. That, that, that shot Johnny Bravo, I think. Oh, my God. Did that ever get resolved, by the way? <laughs> Who shot I Johnny don't Bravo? think so, because I stopped watching <laughs> the day that happened. <laughs> they murdered... <sighs> Good for Ethan Page for getting out of there, by the way. <laughs> oh. Ethan Page jumped ship at the right time. <laughs> oh, you brought tears to my eyes then. Oh. <laughs> I, oh. I don't think... Impact has a chance in hell at doing anything unless they can get a new TV deal out of this AEW deal. Yeah. Now, someone just just before we go into that, someone shoot me a message on Insta who shot Johnny Bravo cuz I'm not looking it up. I'm not wasting my time. Someone please tell this man. Who the hell? You know what? I'm googling it. No, don't spoil the surprise. <laughs> you just told somebody to message you. No, because I want because the messages will be funny. <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. You can find out for yourself, but don't don't spoil the surprise for me. Oh, all right. Somebody tell Marky who shot Johnny Bravo. <laughs> Go and find them and give them a gold medal for a great service to wrestling. <laughs> Not worse than Johnny Swinger. This old, look like an onion, bald head, <laughs> ex referee. Why was he regular on TV? Were they that desperate for people? Because they were creatively bankrupt at the time. <laughs> it's like when people ask me, you know, why is Baron Corbin featured so prominently on SmackDown? Creative bankruptcy, that's why. There's no other reason for it. Baron I Corbin... The huh? I thought the internet loved that guy. Oh, they did when he was in NXT. Right. And then they brought him to the main roster and realized, oh, wait, this doesn't work. Fancy that. 
oh wait, a big guy who actually isn't that good at wrestling. Now there are big guys that are good at wrestling, but he is not one of them. A guy with no charisma, not working on a main roster of the biggest television product in wrestling. Who knew? <laughs> and you made him shave his head? And he looks like a freaking peeled tomato? Who would have thunk that wasn't going to work? Marky, I would have swore that would have worked, wouldn't you? It's like they did to those Basham brothers. He looks like one of them. The Basham brothers were actually good at wrestling, though. Yeah, but they were bold. I know that. <laughs> oh. Doug Basham was actually a good wrestler. <laughs> Why did they have a dominatrix gimmick? I don't know. What's that have to do? Why did Jeff Jarrett start Global Farce Wrestling? Let's talk about that. Oh. Has he done a podcast on that recently, or has he not got to that yet? I don't think he'll ever get to that. I think he wants to forget about it as much as me and you do. Oh, and you got legitimately mad in that video. Oh. It was basically like, um, it's kind of like how I view Impact and AEW now. It was a bunch of wrestlers invading the show that I used to enjoy watching, who I didn't want to watch, ruining the show. That's that's how I see it, because I don't want to, like, my personal, I don't know AEW really. I mean, I've got, I haven't really got a problem with them. Um, I just don't watch the show. So I don't really want to see their wrestlers on a show, which I was enjoying. And that's that's basically what Global Force was. It was like, yay, Samurjo, and then here's, I don't know, who was on that roster? Chris Masters. <laughs> Just have you seen chris masters lately this what man <laughs> he looks terrible for one thing oh really and that's not to say he looked good when he was an impact uh or global force or wherever he, he had a match on the back for the attack nwa show it was the worst match on the show and like i don't know Apparently, NWA just had another pay-per-view. I didn't watch it just because their television has me not wanting to watch them. But, because they're, they're kind of doing a weird thing where, like, you know how WWE does a lot of roll-up finishes? They always have. Yeah. Impact, or not Impact. Impact's doing a lot of them, too, but NWA's doing a lot of them. And it's like, why? Or non-finishes, like, no decisions or draws or whatever and if done properly and in the right way those are fine but the issue is impact doesn't impact why do i keep saying impact nwa doesn't do it that way <laughs> what product are we talking see nick all this confuses me because he was on impact nwa how has wwe not got this guy yet well they don't <clears throat> they're not too keen on him are they you know bruce doesn't like him i don't get why something some sort of personal grudge where magnus went over bruce's head and talked to dixie to get more money who cares he's a wrestler what did you expect well he took it personally whatever he did telephone telegraph tell a wrestler Yeah, I agree, though. He 
I mean, I might be work. I, I'm probably being biased because I might be doing some work with Aldis coming up. But um, yeah, he deserves. He definitely deserves to be on everyone's screen. He deserves to be a household name. The dude's a star. This dude. My, my girlfriend who done she doesn't watch wrestling at all. She hates it. And when I when I interviewed Nick Aldis, she she stuck her head in just to see what I was doing. And she was like, "Wow, he looks he looks like someone really famous. Who is he?" And that's coming from someone who's a complete casual. She can see the star potential in him. Now, I think the story he told about him and Mickey James was really interesting. It, and it's so funny how those two ended up together. Oh, yeah. And it's funny now because she's in the NWA now. <laughs> Mickey James is in the NWA. What kind of crazy crap world do we live in? Why not? Why not? Huh? They're happy. You know, I, I can't imagine it pays them much, though. I don't know how they... Well, Fight TV's paying them a ton of money. And all this is the top guy. I'd love to know what he earns compared to someone in Impact, for example. Love to know. Well, I know for a... F I can tell you for sure he's making more than Moose. Oh, really? Oh, I guarantee it. Because Impact's in the red. I don't think the NWA is completely in the red. Well, they probably are now, but they weren't before the pandemic. But Impact have a tape library, NWA don't really. That's true. Isn't it weird, this whole Billy Corgan thing? Like, I feel like me and you could do a whole show on this Billy Corgan saga. Yeah. Just, just, it's so interesting, because, like, he took over an Impact. He brought new life to Impact for, what was that, a month or two? Oh, it was more than that. No, but, like, it was really felt fresh. Oh, yeah. For a few months. And then he sues Dixie Carter, loses his position in Impact, tries to buy Impact, can't, and then buys the NWA. <laughs> and that's the very short version of it, by the way. I'm pretty sure that court case is still ongoing, by the way about um you know him lending the money to Dixie. Dixie taking his money and it was not a small amount of money oh no it wouldn't have been it was like 20 30 grand yeah if not more and my thing is why not just let him buy the company yeah he was doing a good job at the time like you said, it felt fresh. And he's a he's an entertaining guy too, in and of himself. Oh no, not on TV. I thought he was, I thought he was the shits on TV. Well, not on but TV, but like he knows what's entertaining. I mean he he had he had the, the cool songs came in. He had like Marilyn Manson for the decay. You had all these cool things, all these ideas going on, like new new ideas which were awesome. The the Broken Hardies going on at the time. Um, not saying that was down to him, but it, you know, he was obviously a fan of it. He's the one that greenlit it. Yeah. And that was the last time Abyss was cool. Ab um, Abyss well, is not even with the company anymore. Wasn't Taryn Terrell doing well then? Maybe I'm imagining that. I don't know. Yeah, was... I think she was. Taryn Terrell is another interesting one that they kind of missed the boat on. That match at Slammiversary she had with Gail Kim. That's. I, would, I was not expecting that. 
No, nobody that was. was. The most, that was the most pleasantly surprised I've been by a wrestling match the whole time I've been watching wrestling, I think. Well, here's the thing. Taryn Terrell could have been Becky Lynch before Becky Lynch. In terms of just being massively over and being the top person in the company. Because make no qualms about it. Becky Lynch is the top star in WWE. Period. Like, there's no questioning it. Becky's number one. She's the most over. They were putting her in angles with The Rock, for God's sake. Like, you gotta be somewhere to get that. Yeah. And she's been gone for over a year. And she was at WrestleMania, and they didn't do anything with her. And apparently they planned her to be at WrestleMania, and they just pulled the plug on it. Now, Marky, if I told you your number one star was ready to come back after being gone for almost a year at your biggest show of the year, are you going to pull the plug on that? Hell no. Or are you like, get your ass out there. <laughs> Go. You know what? I think I think all this is leading to me starting my own wrestling fed one day. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take over YouTube first of all, and then I'm gonna start my own wrestling federation. I'm gonna save wrestling. I'm gonna bring wrestling back to the casuals. That is my my aim in life now. I think. Can I help yeah. me? Can I be your play by play? Yeah. <laughs> uh, problem no, is, I'm, you... only, I'm only joking. But you know, who, what wrestling fan hasn't had that image in their head of them? running their own fed oh do i have something to show you after this podcast is over if that's what you want to do <laughs> oh is it going to be uh that game that simulation yeah tw yeah i've i've not played it i played it was something i used to play a lot in the back in the day i can't remember what it was and then it, it was it was very in depth um and then there was also i loved uh the gm mode on the smackdown v raw games they were great uh, they should never have taken that away no they shouldn't have but TW is great, and TW twenty twenty is really good. Um, I, and if I'm gonna do videos, I might even do videos on that, like maybe going back and doing Impact, you know, at from the beginning and doing it right this time. Uh, have you have you have you seen where they've some people have had Vince Russo do do the booking on those those simulation games? Have yeah, you seen it. Yeah, it's so, it's so funny. Every single question is so we've got a. Uh, Road Dog versus uh, Rod the Truth Killings in a cage match. Who do you think's going over, Vince? Bro, I don't know. Who's booking it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like ever <laughs> He gets irritated by every single question. Like, he doesn't ex- understand the concept of what he's doing. Yeah. That game is just amazing, though. I love that, but... And if, if I do YouTube content, I'd probably do a lot of TEW just because it's something I know really well. And yeah. it's wrestling related still. Yeah. It's connected to wrestling. Yeah. And there's a lot of good I, databases out there. Yeah. I think I'd be interested in doing one uh, NWA TNA from the start. I think that's the way to go. Yeah. that th- And there are definitely databases that would let you do that. Yeah. Um, i make Bruce from the Rainbow Express, the uh, NWA Heavyweight Champion, I think. You, you know, you know, Marky, I was enjoying this interview. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't understand how TNA botched literally everything and is still in business. 
Well, they're kind of not actually. I don't. I don't consider Impact TNA anymore. Like I don't. I. When do you think TNA died? Like, I think TNA died. Yeah. When do you think it did? Oh, um, it died a slow death. Um, so it's hard to pinpoint exactly when, but um, it was sometime in 2014. The the poison was injected in 2010, but it died in 2014. That's a slow working poison. Yeah, it sure is. But I mean, there's still you could if if you dig deep enough, there was there were still positives up to 2014. I think there's still positives now, but they're more individuals than they are anything else. Yeah. Like Ace Austin, who I think is going to be. I think he is the next like AJ Styles in terms of a guy that's just going to get so massively over. Yeah, they kept saying that on commentary when I was watching. I I don't see it. The dude, I mean, I don't know, if, I don't know what was going on, but the dude wasn't really doing anything impressive when I was watching. He was um. When was I watching? It was it was twenty nine. Was it twenty nine? No, it was twenty twenty, wasn't it? Um. Uh. Well, Impact itself just isn't remarkable, or nobody's doing anything really that great right now because there's no crowd. The problem is, how do you have someone like him stand out and be impressive? when there's there's too many small guys on the roster. I've got nothing against smaller guys wrestling, but when you have too many of them, it doesn't work. This is a fact. You can't showcase someone and make them look special when they look the same as everyone else. I know you've got Moose, um, and you've got Fulton. I'm trying to think who's a big guy on that roster. Rhino, is he still there? Hernandez? You've got big cast now. They've got W. Morrissey. Oh, yeah. How's he getting on? As far as I know, they're not doing anything with him. I think he's in Eric Young's faction. Okay. Sanity 2.0. Um, but, like, here's my thing. Impact has the talent to be really good. It's just Scott Demore is, um, how do I say this nicely? Not the smartest <laughs> when it comes to. He's got good ideas. Scott Demore has good ideas. The knockouts are great. Knockouts are awesome. But Gail Kim's running that. You know she is. <laughs> no, but Demore's a fan. Well, yeah. Which helps. And I'm not saying Demore doesn't know what he's doing. Obviously, he does. He wouldn't be in the position he is for as long as he's been if he didn't have a clue. You know what I mean? I think Dream is the issue there. I, I don't think he is, because I've seen Dreamer booked stuff, and this isn't Dreamer. Dreamer would have been... Dreamer would have had this ship turned around if it was just Dreamer. And it's not. And I think there's too many cooks in the kitchen again. I think it's Demore and Dreamer, and it was Callus, and I think Anthem has something to do with it. And I think there's just and Gale is there, and you've got, you know, guys like Eric Young and James Storm, and you're not doing anything with these TNA originals. You couldn't get Samoa Joe. Supposedly they're going to get Daniel Bryan. I don't think they are, and if they get Daniel Bryan, they're going to botch him, and you know they are. Like, because what are they going to do with him? Put him in there with Kenny? Like, that's all you can do. Who's going to have a good match with Bryan Danielson and Impact right now? Ace Austin? Okay. You're going to put him in there with Rhino? 55-year-old Rhino? 
you're getting Chelsea Green back. Great. You know, you're getting Chelsea Green back. You're probably going to get Brandy Loren. Okay, that's two big additions to the knockout division. You could have had Mickey James. Though the chances that they were going to get her with all this in NWA where he is is they had a minimal chance at getting him anyway. At getting her anyway. Feels like there's a mo- lot more female talent floating around than there is male talent. Well, yeah, and here's the thing. Brandy Loren had just signed with WWE when they let her go, which is why it was such a puzzling move when they let her go. She's young and she's got raw potential and she needs to go somewhere where she can show that. And she's streaming on Twitch right now because of her non-compete. And she's doing a good job. And, you know, you've got Chelsea Green out there who did great in Impact when she was there the first time. Now, she was there post-2014, so I'm not sure if you were watching, but she was one of the few highlights of the show when she was there. Um, I, I, I was a fan, yeah. Her little faction with KM and uh, Congo Cop. And she, and you've got the talent there. You've got Matt frickin' Cardona. You've got Brian Myers. Like You've got talent impact. Talent isn't your problem at all. You've got Tommy Dreamer. You've got Scott Demore, who, for as much as I'm not a fan of his booking, he's not an idiot. You know, I I think Anthem has a chain on them that's restricting some of what they can do. Right. And kind of preventing them from being the best they could actually be, because I think if they had the Anthem leash off them, I think you'd see a lot different of a product. I really do. I'll tell you what I'd love to see. For my own content, I would absolutely love Russo to come back. I would. That would be the happiest day in the last five years of my wrestling life. Because if Russo came back, I would get my wish of having a show that's completely different to any other wrestling show. It wouldn't be different in a good way, though. But not everything he does is bad. There, there would be, there would be turds. I like Vince Russo. Hell, I really like Vince Russo. As a human being, I think Vince Russo is a very kind individual. And Kenny Bolin is one of Vince Russo's closest friends. And from everything I've heard about Vince Russo, he is one of the nicest human beings on the planet. I don't have a problem with him as a person, but I don't want to see him booking wrestling in 2021. I, I've, I've noticed in the last few years that there's been a, a slight turn in people's opinions on Vince Russo. So he used to be a big hate figure, didn't he, online? Yeah, uh, and I think unrightfully, because a lot of what was going on in WCW wasn't on him. He was a big part of it. I think people would be more open to return nowadays. I really do. Well, he's got his podcast, and he's doing really well with his yeah. show. Yeah. He's doing really well. And, you know, Cornette hates him, but Cornette hates this show, too. Do you know why? Because I shit on Cornette all the time. <laughs> uh, the thing is, those YouTube videos are paying a lot more than people realize. And it's, it's you know, being a wrestling booker for a failing promotion, you must be scraping the pennies together. It's not, I doubt it's a lavish lifestyle. Well, Dreamer has House of Hardcore. He has First Wrestling, which is a promotion in Minneapolis where I'm from. I don't live there now, but that's where I'm from. And he works with them, and he does a bunch of stuff. So Dreamer's probably fine. Demore, 
do, past. Huh? You've got to factor in his past of how much money he made doing other stuff. Right. And he does love the wrestling business. Nobody's going to say Tommy Dreamer doesn't love the wrestling business, by the way. Tommy Dreamer cares. And and that's why I defended him when you said you thought Dreamer was the problem. Because I think if Dreamer was actually the problem, I think, one, he would have a more prominent role backstage, of which he does not have. And he's the one that's bringing in a lot of the big name talent that they are getting he's got connections right he's the one that is bringing in guys like w morrissey even though that was more of a gallows thing and and again i get why impact got gallows and anderson because you know what they brought they brought cardona they brought you know brian myers they brought other people with them so obviously they're going to be worth their weight in gold in terms of that yeah and it helped them get kenny omega Well, in my opinion, this is kind of going back to what we were saying earlier on about Billy Corgan. So I just think there's too many old wrestling, tired old wrestling veterans in the in the management area who've had their chance and failed. I think they should ship them all out, get rid of them all, bring in someone fresh like they did when Corgan came in and the show genuinely felt different. And there was a lot of good new ideas. And they I think something like that. Oh, yeah, sure. But yeah, money is an issue, but that's if if there was money, that's what I would do. Well, that's where Tony Khan comes in, and mm. AEW has changed a lot in in the year and a half it's been around, almost two years. It's it's molding itself into a very different promotion from how it started because it started as internet culture, you know, appeal to the internet fans, and it's slowly shifting itself away from that. Slowly, gradually, like I'll give you an example. You remember how TNA started X-Division-focused, right? Yeah. And then they slowly factored in the bigger guys, and they, they shifted towards that for a little while, and then they went crazy with Russo. And then you got Hogan, and you got Bischoff, and you bring in these legends, and it became a legend focus. And then they just lost all focus. And all that happened slowly. AEW is a very, very, very young promotion, and people forget about that. People forget that this company started in 2019 and is barely off the ground as a result of the fact that we had a global pandemic a year ago that really halted all momentum for everybody. Because don't forget how hot the indies were right up to the pandemic. Yeah. Like, they were red hot. And they're going to be again, especially with all these WWE releases. What you're going to see is guys like Braun Strowman and guys like, you know, Eric Young, who got released last year. You're going to see these guys start popping up places that you don't expect them to. And I think that's what's going to be really cool. And I think we're going to see Brian Danielson pop up somewhere before too long. He even won't if, be able to resist. Huh? He won't be able to resist, will he? I, I think it'll be Japan if you want me to be honest with you, but I, I think he's going to pop up somewhere. Yeah. And, you, you know, maybe maybe he doesn't go to Japan. Maybe he goes back to WWE. I'd like to see him in AEW just because I think that's the natural fit. And, like, Buddy Murphy, who just got let go from WWE, is Kenny Omega light. <laughs> right. This guy can go. 
people keep telling me to watch his matches i've never I, i've never heard of him i need to check him out uh buddy murphy has a lot of talent i don't know how good he is on the mic you pretty much have to give him a mouthpiece right but and, and even then you can fix mic skills right that's something you can teach to a to a degree right well he's got charisma that's not his problem he's just rusty on the mic and lackluster but WWE never really let him talk so you know how much do we actually know about his mic skills yeah well th- th- I mean just change the subject slightly this is another thing that's going to change for me in a couple of months time when when I go semi-pro on YouTube so I'm gonna my aim is to have one day a week where I do watch modern wrestling so I am up to date with what's going on and I can talk about it because I want to appeal to a wider audience as wide as possible. I know I'm stuck in the past a lot of the time. But I'm not going to try and talk about something if I don't watch it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to make some... I guess I'll watch AEW, seeing as everyone else seems to be. See well, if I like it, give it a chance. AEW is the only... Okay, if I'm going to show wrestling to a non-wrestling fan, which I just did recently, I have a roommate. And my roommate has never watched wrestling a day in his life. I mean, never got into it, never was a fan, thought it was hokey, whatever. I told him, I made him a deal. I said, sit down and watch Dynamite with me one time. Just do it once. And he said, okay. Dynamite comes on. And I can't remember if we watched which show we watched. It was as they were building for the War Games match. Mm. And Darby Allen was in the main event. And guess what? He fell in love with it. He fell in love with AEW like that. He's like, this is far better than I expected. (laughs) And he's not somebody that you'd expect to like wrestling either. So for him to say that AEW was actually good... And he's the casualest casual to ever casual, and he liked AEW. Right. That should tell you something. Yeah. Like you said with your girlfriend who popped in and said Nick Aldis looked like a big deal. And, you know, Jungle Boy is doing a great thing right now. And, yeah, like, if I were you, I would recommend you watch AEW, even if you don't watch it every week. You don't have to watch it every week. It's a different show every week. It doesn't feel like the same show most of the time. It's got overlapping stories all the time, but all the matches are always different. It's not WWE who does the same match on Raw three weeks in a row, which is why I like it. I will give it another go in a couple of months, but I also think we should check out MLW just because... Yeah, I'm all for MLW. Um, I'm interested. I don't know when their TV deal starts. I'm actually going to... Pop that open here. What's going on with uh, India NXT? I'm guessing pandemic again. India NXT? Had you not heard about this? No. Oh. Well, yeah, NXT WWE announced there was going to be NXT India. Uh, It was was during my Rink King series when that was going on, they announced it. So, of course, I was really happy about that. And everyone was uh, asking for... Rude, the eight-year-old obese Indian boy to be on India NXT. Well, here's the thing. Wrestling is red hot in India. Virgin market as well. They're not all burnt out like we are. <laughs> yeah, like the UK's burnt. 
U.S. is burnt. Yeah. India is a virgin market, man. And AEW is getting an India television deal, by the way. Oh, really? That would be massive for them. That That's a big deal. Yeah. And, you know, we can't sit here and call AEW a failure just because, one, they're not out of business. Two, their numbers indicate they're not. <laughs> they, to say AEW doesn't appeal to you is fine, but they haven't failed anything. They're They're doing well. They are doing well. And everybody thought another mainstream promotion couldn't happen, and I, I think we're right there in terms of AEW being mainstream. They had Shaq on their television. Yeah. Like, Shaq doesn't just happen, right? But, and some of that was because they are on TNT, and they are with Turner, and so is Shaq, and I understand that. But they got Mike Tyson. You know, that's another big deal. Yeah. They have Chris Jericho. They have Dean Malenko. They have these smart wrestling guys. Malenko's not wrestling. And MJF is the best promo in the business right now. So, you know, I say that AEW has as much a chance as any of succeeding. Because guess what? They have a billionaire in charge. And don't tell me money doesn't talk, because I think we learned from Impact. If we learned anything from the TNA days, it's that money talks in this business. Because when TNA ran out of money, what else did they run out of? Talent. Both on screen and off. I'm going to top myself in a minute if you keep up this depressing talk. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, funny thing though, I was having a conversation with some people at work today. Um, And I was basically saying, isn't it funny how everything was better when everyone was on drugs? So what I mean is, by what I mean by that, I'm not endorsing drug taking in, in, in any way. I'm just saying that everyone seemed to be performing and we remember them best for the work they produced when they were on drugs. What's funny and, is everybody thinks Triple H was on steroids. I don't think he was. Oh, he was 100%, dude. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> he was. There was. There's no way, no way in hell you look like that without taking steroids. Well, everybody started accusing Drew of being on steroids. I don't think he is either. The thing is, there is ways of getting around their testing system um, if you play it smart enough. That's true. Um, and also, as proven by Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley, who definitely were or are on steroids, that you can get around it if you have Vince's ear yeah. and you're not full-time or whatever. Well, Bobby is full-time. Yeah, well, he's definitely on steroids, so how does he get around it? I don't know that he is, man. Oh, dude. Dude, no. You think ben, Bobby's on steroids? Are you are you shitting me? <laughs> dude. No? 100% on steroids. 100%. I, I know dudes. I've, I've been working out almost as long as I've been a wrestling fan. I know dudes. I, I, know, I know who's on roids and who isn't. And I, I can't obviously can't make a sweeping statement against everyone, but I know Bobby Lashley is on something. You don't get that unnatural look from just lifting weights and eating chicken. And eating chicken. Uh, I I don't know. 
I think there's a chance Bobby isn't. I think he was. Well, it's like Steiner said. They tried to get him to do a drug test once, and he said, test Triple H first, and then I'll do your test. And then, he got, and then they didn't test him, so Steiner got away with that that day. I think they're testing more for the harder drugs, you know, like the cocaines and the heroines than they are the steroids. They, they do test for steroids. Well, they do. Yeah, they do, but there's ways around it, like you just said. Yeah. I, I, I just think some of these guys worked out a way around the testing system because there's, there's always new gear coming out and the testing systems can't keep up. That's my opinion. And I've got nothing against it. I mean, the people who, who look like Bobby Lashley, they, they killed themselves in the gym to look like that. But he's still on something. Not to say Bobby didn't work for it, because he did. And he's worked hard to get where he is. 100%. I'm, I'm probably, he's probably in my top three for the last five years. I love the dude. He's great. He he changed things in Impact for the better, and then he went to WWE. They misused him for a while, and now for the last year, he's been probably the best thing on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, for sure. At least since he won the title. Completely random. Don't hold me to this. So someone recently hooked me up with the Scott Steiner workout tape, and oh, no. it, is, it is hilarious, I'll tell you. Uh, and it, some of the things he's doing in there just don't even make sense, but whatever. And I've got to do something with this. Footage. Yes, you do. Yes, do it. Yeah. All but, in. Well, the thing is, I don't, I don't want it to be just me sat there laughing at a video. Like I need to go further than that with this. So, <laughs> I think you do. I, I, well, I'm, I'm trying to do something at my local gym with this footage and other people involving other people as well. It's going to be a big project, but that might be something I do. This sounds like the world's largest nightmare. I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, he, he's doing things and um, he's like staring at their ass to lift more. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, he's doing like, he's doing pull-ups with a girl tied to his back. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's basically just giving out a load of like advice, you know, just do it or you're a sissy, you know, that kind of thing. Um <laughs> And I, I, I don't know how much of it is actually useful gym advice. I don't um, think I guess... any of it is. <laughs> well, it's, an, it's like an hour and a half long, so what's the point in it? Have you met Scott Steiner? There is no point. There's never been a point. Someone thought it was a good idea to produce it and release it. Scott Steiner thought it was a good idea. <laughs> yeah, got someone's monetary backing. I guess maybe it was WCW, I think, did it? Um, I need to find anyway, this. So, yeah, so maybe what I'll do is I'll take a load of steroids, I'll watch Scott Steiner's workout tape, I'll document my progress, I'll do his exact workout every day, I'll video me at the gym, and then I'll end up looking like Bobby Lashley or Scott Steiner, and then I can tell you, as a matter of fact, that Bobby Lashley is on steroids. <laughs> this sounds like a lot of work for something inconsequential. How often is that a conversation on the internet? Are people on steroids? And the thing is, I completely get why people go on steroids 100%. It's expensive drinking all this protein. It, it costs so much money. It takes a lot of time and effort to prepare these meals. And you can get a lot bigger just with a quick steroid. You know? I'm trying to cheap. find the release date. Is it Scott Steiner's Freak Show? Yes, it's Scott Steiner's Freak Show. Oh. 
I think it is on YouTube. The whole thing. This this looks like an absolute nightmare. It came out in two thousand nine. Oh shit! Really? He was in TNA. Wait, yeah. he was. It was probably fired. Um, for the first time. Yeah, I think he was gone at that point. Oh. I didn't know the date as that. Okay. It's an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> I need to find this. It's on YouTube somewhere. It is. People are playing loud, loud music outside my apartment right now. If they could kindly shut the fuck up. Anyway. So, yeah, I mean, how? So, so it's like my point though, right? My content. I'm. I stick to things that aren't covered loads. I'm trying to make. I found it. Yeah. For real. <laughs> I found it. Like, can you imagine like WrestleMania doing <laughs> Scott Steiner's workout tape? Like, hello guys, I'm at the gym for the first time in my life. <laughs> it's just it's just nerds trying to review things and he would they would never touch scott steiner's workout tape because they wouldn't know what to do with it i mean i'm a nerd reviewing things to be fair no, because you're down to earth though that's 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 what all it takes you're not all uptight about stuff i just want to make funny wrestling content dude i'm not even gonna lie yeah well, maybe you should maybe you should review Scott Steiner's workout. I've never worked out a day in my life. You can start use Scott Steiner's workout tape to document your progress. <laughs> it could be like a transformation. You know, this is what Scott Steiner did for me. Like you, you'd be probably famous if you did that. I'd probably meet Scott Steiner. Yeah, you would. <laughs> and he'd be like, "How many rides did you take?" No, he doesn't admit to it. He says he's clean, doesn't he? Well, doesn't he have a restaurant now? Yeah. No, I found it weirder. He had a wife this whole time. How strange is that? Wait, what? Yeah, he's married, isn't he? He's always he he's been married this whole time. But I don't understand how his wife was okay with all of this. I need to see this woman. Yeah, I do as well. I don't think I've ever looked for her actually. What the hell? I mean, it's she, uh, she's what you expect. Yeah, it's kind of muttony looking. Yeah, what do you expect in Scott Steiner's wife, though? Um, they married in June seventh, two thousand, right in the middle of his roid ray gimmick in WCW. I feel like I could go back and watch every episode of Nitro and review it. But I also feel like once I got to 2000, I'd stop. Oh, it makes great content, though. It does. I'm not saying it doesn't. Like you watching every episode of NWA TNA is great content. <sighs> I'll have to get on in a minute, mate, anyway, because I've got it's coming towards midnight now. So All righty. I've well, folks, Oz, I've got to finish my Oz video because oh, that's really exciting for me to do. Well, folks, thanks so much for joining us on this wild two and a half hour journey of bullshit, and I don't know how else to word it. <laughs> um, I hope you come back, Marky. Uh, you have been awesome. Um, I'm going to put this out tomorrow morning for me, tomorrow afternoon for you. And 
thanks everybody for listening. I will be back here with Bryce on Saturday for the regular show. Me and Marky wanted to sit down, get this special out. We don't do very many interviews on the podcast, so I wanted to have this one. Uh, kind of just turned into more of me and him sitting here for two and a half hours shooting the shit, but you know, it is what it is. And uh, thanks everyone for listening, and we will see you next time. Peace out. Bye. Thanks again, Marky. Yes, sure. Bye.